on the field and inside the clubhouse. This is Brewers Extra Innings. Now broadcasting live from American Family Field, here's Dominic Catronio. It's been more of the same as of late for the Brew Crew. Can't say they're really surprised, right? The Brewers lose another close game with the bullpen faltering late to a team in the bottom half of the standings in the National League. They fall 4-2 to tonight to the Pirates in a game that the offense went quiet again. The bullpen had its moments, and Matt Bush gives up a home run, and then Brad Boxberger runs out of gas in the eighth inning. A run was added in the ninth inning. It didn't matter because the Brewers got two men on in the ninth, but once again, the runners in scoring position woes caught up to them once again. But nonetheless, you can still win the series tomorrow, and there is potential for a silver lining tonight, depending on how you look at it. I'm a glass-half-full type of guy, and I look at it this way. The Phillies are getting stomped by the Diamondbacks, which we could talk about the Diamondbacks in a little bit, which obviously is the Brewers' next opponent starting on Thursday. The Cardinals already lost tonight, and the Giants and the Padres are currently tied in the fifth inning. My glass-half-full take is, okay, you're not going to lose any ground tonight, if the Giants pull that out. But then the glass half empty take would be, oh, it was an opportunity to gain a game. All that matters is at the end of the year. I've, I've made this comparison a few times. The standings in August, it's good to look at. It's fun to scoreboard watch, obviously. But the standings, looking at them before the final week, final 15 days or so, it, it's like college football rankings in week four. They really don't matter. All that matters is the one at the end, right? And crazy stuff can happen between now and then. 34 games to go. It's going to take a crazy stretch at this rate, so we'll keep a close eye throughout this show. We'll be with you until 1130 tonight, taking your texts, taking your calls. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620. 620. I mean, the story of this game is the bullpen again faltering. Um, a spot start for Jason Alexander. He pitched great. Jason, for him, it was only his uh, second start overall in the month of August, but his first one in the big leagues in the second half. Because remember, he was reassigned heading into the All-Star break back down to AAA, and he made two starts there at the end of July, the 28th and then August 3rd, then returned to the big leagues as a bulk bullpen arm, back down in the minors as a, as a bullpen guy, then now he's back here again in the big leagues. Definitely uh, on the popular Nashville to Milwaukee flight pattern uh, on Southwest, but I digress. Jason Alexander pitched great, and if you're wondering, why didn't he go longer? Well, he hasn't thrown more than 60 pitches in almost four weeks, and as Craig Council said, you'll hear from him in just a little bit, Craig Council says Jason Alexander is going to get another start. They feel more confident in him than he do with Adrian Hauser at this point. And Hauser, we haven't seen him appear yet out of the bullpen since he was reassigned to there after his last start against the Dodgers. So Alexander earns himself another start here in the big leagues. He goes five innings, three hits, just one run, one walk, a new career-high six strikeouts. He's not a strikeout guy. He's not a swing-and-miss guy. And yet he got ten whiffs. That's also a new high for him. He threw 59 pitches. 41 of them were strikes, filling it up. Yes, he had a, a little spell of command issues there in, a, in the third inning with the walk and the hit batter. 
And then the, the loud single by O'Neill Cruz. But he locked it back down. He got two double plays, and that third inning was huge. The clutch one, two, three double play. The comebacker to him, throw home, throw to first. That was a huge play to end that rally where it was against Key Brian Hayes. It's amazing how well the Brewers have controlled Key Brian Hayes this season and how poorly they've controlled O'Neill Cruz. O'Neill Cruz, another couple of RBIs, a pair of hits, two strikeouts still in the middle of all that. And for O'Neill Cruz, batting the leadoff spot since the last time the Brewers saw him, he wasn't batting leadoff. He was batting more like five and six in the order. That might turn out to be kind of like what the Brewers did with Christian Yelich, trying to get him to see some more strikes. That's what I think is happening with O'Neill Cruz. With him sitting in front of Brian Reynolds, you can't pitch around him because Brian Reynolds is a bona fide all-star. He's a great hitter behind him. So you got to pick your poison. Do we attack the rookie or... Do we face the guy that's burned us many times before? I think nine times out of ten, you're going to take the rookie. And it's a tough decision right now for the Brewers. And in that ninth inning, I thought Peter Strzelecki, if you want to say that one-two pitch was a strike, okay, you can get mad about that. But the robo-umps would have said that was a ball. Okay, so you can't have it both ways in that regard. I thought it was a ball personally. Second of all, he wanted that pitch out of the zone, did Strzelecki. He didn't want to throw that fastball for a strike. He wanted to get a chase upstairs. And then he probably would have changed eye levels and gone back to the slider. Nonetheless, he caught too much of the plate, caught too much specifically of the middle to give the key insurance run, which obviously ended up didn't mattering. But the Brewers did get the go-ahead and winning run, rather, uh, at the plate in the bottom of the ninth inning before Luis Urias ultimately grounded into the inning-ending double play with, once again, O'Neill Cruz showing off his arm 88 miles an hour as quick as he could uh, on the transfer. It wasn't so much about throwing it as hard as he could, but getting rid of it as quick as he could to get Urias by a step, who's not the fastest infielder at all. And the Brewers end up falling in this one by a final of 4-2 to with Rowdy Telez left stranded on deck as the Brewers were trying to get it to their big power threat and that also tells you some good news about Roddy Telez's health. The Brewers wanted to use him only in an emergency case. And it turns out that they felt fine using him in that opportunity, hitting for Victor Caratini if it had got to him. But nonetheless, it did not. The Brewers will see how it works with the standings by the end of the night. But all that matters is winning series, as we've talked about. Would it have nice been to get a sweep? Absolutely. Are you going to complain about winning a series? No. And that's what tomorrow is all about. I want to hear from you. We're going to get to your texts. We're going to get to your uh, calls as well if you want to join in on the show. We're going to chat uh, a little bit with Vinny Rotino as well. The Brewers fall 4-2 to two tonight. We'll be with you for another hour here on WTMJ. 855-616-1620. Again, 855-616-1620 is the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Plenty more to come on the home of the Brewers, WTMJ. High and wide, he walked him. And O'Neill Cruz is in. The Pirates get the lead. That was the low point of this one. The Pirates getting the lead on a four-pitch walk from Brad Boxberger. A lead they would not relinquish. 4-2 the final tonight for Pittsburgh. I'm Dominic Catronio. This is Brewers Extra Innings. We got Vinny Rettino on the line, the former big leaguer and analyst now on Valley Sports Wisconsin. Vinny, this was a game that we've seen far too many times where just a few pitches end up biting the Brewers. The bullpen, aside from Hobie Milner, 
struggles again. Matt Bush gives up his second homer in his last three games. Brad Boxberger again struggles with the strike zone. Three walks in this one. And Peter Strzelecki could not get through the ninth unscathed and allowed an insurance run to score uh, against him. What is your big takeaway from this loss tonight for the Brewers? The big takeaway for me is the fact that the Brewers can't seem to really, like, get on a really good roll, even though they seem like they were starting to, to feel like that they were going to, right? I mean, you win in hand, they win handily against the Cubs in those last two games of the series. They win last night in a, in a comeback and a walk-off. It was uh, with that home run by Keston Hira. And then tonight, they just come out flat, right? And I know Mitch Keller is one of the up-and-coming arms in, in all of the National League. I mean, he's, he's really good. You saw the stuff tonight. You saw the command of the stuff. And then but they just they just couldn't hold the, they just gave this one away it seemed right and like you said you nailed it on the head is the bullpen it wasn't anything like they just kind of tr- let it trickle away it wasn't anything like totally glaring out of the ordinary yes Brad Boxberger with the three walks that's probably the thing you go to when you look at this game and why they lost but you know the Matt Bush home run that just kind of happened quick uh, to give up the lead but they just couldn't add on to the two runs especially uh, against Ben Willows and, and Chase DeYoung so um, just, a, just a tough one to watch, really. I mean, because, again, they could have picked up a game, um, most likely picked. They could have picked up a game on St. Louis, and that's the big one because they still have four games against St. Louis, and they have a chance to win the tiebreaker against St. Louis for head-to-head. So um, that, that's, what, that's my takeaway from this one, just a, just a tough one, like one that got away, really. Yeah, the Brewers would have to win three of four to take the tiebreaker from St. Louis, but in that regard, they would end up only gaining two games in the standings, so they would like to keep it a little tighter by the next time they see the Cardinals, who are playing some great baseball right now. But they lost tonight to the Reds, a 5-1 final in Cincinnati. Uh, And still scoreless in San Francisco, the Padres and the Giants, and the Phillies are getting stomped by the Diamondbacks again. So if you go back to yesterday, and I kind of want to look ahead here with you, Vinny, the Diamondbacks, going back to yesterday have now scored 22 unanswered runs against the Phillies. Zach Gallen has thrown 32 consecutive scoreless innings for the Diamondbacks. The Brewers will see him on Sunday. Uh, I'm not even going to call it a trap series this weekend. The Diamondbacks are way better than their record indicates, and the Brewers need to figure it out fast against the Pirates tomorrow because those those Diamondback games are going to be tough games played. Yeah, I mean, good team with a bunch of good young players, and Zach Allen's one of the you know better arms when he can stay healthy in all of baseball. And yeah, uh, they have to take care of business tomorrow, and then and then have to you know it, they'll treat. It, look, they'll be up to play those games. They see how good that team is. They see how talented that team is, the Diamondbacks, and they see how well they're playing. So they'll be up for those games. The good thing is the Brewers seem to play well against good teams, right? So um, I, I'm. I'm hopeful that they will do that. They also seem to play down to teams like the Pittsburgh Pirates, like you saw tonight. So, I think they'll I think they'll right the ship and um, uh, definitely have to definitely have to take tomorrow's game. I mean, we talk about how they have to go one and zero every single day, and I know that they're taking that approach. But tomorrow, they gotta win. They gotta win tomorrow. Yeah, so we're in must-win territory now because you can't afford to lose series at this point, especially against teams like the Pirates. So tomorrow I am very ready to put must-win category on it. Not saying the season's over if they don't win, but it makes it that much more of a steep climb for the Brewers to try to make something happen, right? 
Yeah, I mean, I think I think labeling these games must-wins from here on out is totally appropriate, right? Because this is a team that put themselves in this position. I mean, the injuries, yes, and some of the bad breaks have happened, have put themselves in this position. But they've also played poorly against some really poor teams record-wise, right? And the Pirates are included in that category. So I think it's totally appropriate to call this a must-win just because they should be within the playoff picture, I think, personally, handily. but And they're not, and so what do you have to do? It's just kind of a weird territory that they're in considering how good this team should be. Again, I go back to the, the best start in franchise history through the first 50 games, and they've played pretty poorly since then. Um, they're, they're well under 500 since that first 50-game mark. So um, that's why, yeah, I, I, I think that these are definite must-wins. How would I'm asking you to put your scouting cap on now and to put your catcher's cap on. O'Neill Cruz is stepping to the box. How the heck do you get that guy out? Uh, you have to you have to make him chase um, and then you just have to you have to throw every single pitch as if it's 0-2. Okay, so the OO pitch is O2. So you throw one way up and out of the zone, or you throw a breaking ball down and out of the zone, or a change up down and out of the zone, and hopefully he chases. And if you walk him, I think you walk him. And you take your chances with Brian Reynolds right now. I, I, he's just too dangerous of a hitter. He can change the game with one swing of the bat. I, you know, I, I think that is the approach, even though people would probably call me crazy because it's like, okay, Brian Reynolds is on deck. So, um, I, that, But that is the approach I would take. For the Brewers, they need to find a way to win tomorrow, but they have a great arm to do it with. Freddie Peralta, who is actually riding six no-hit innings since his last start, of course, when he was pulled against the Cubs. This might be the opportunity to let Freddie loose. Because of how much of the bullpen is used, you're seeing how much this bullpen is struggling right now. This might be the game that Freddie needs to get loose and get seven for the Brewers and try to hand it to Rodgers and Williams for the eighth and ninth inning because, quite frankly, Speaking for Craig Council and not trying to say that the Brewers aren't going to make it to the playoffs, but right now the only guys he can trust in that bullpen are Williams and Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. And, and Freddie is a guy that is just going to go out and pitch his game and just be that competitor that we all know and love at this point. And, you know, he's a, he's a, he, to me, he's a little bit like Brandon Woodruff in that he is that stopper. He is that guy that wants the ball in these big spots and in, you know, the quote unquote must win situation. And he's pitched pretty well against Pittsburgh this year also. So, I mean, it's a team that, you know, they don't have a ton of bat, you know, bats. Again, be careful with O'Neill Cruz tomorrow, but Freddie Peralta is a guy that's going to go ahead and take it to him and compete against the Pirates and give the Brewers a chance to win. Yep, we'll be with you until about 11.30 tonight. we got a few texts to get to as well, 855-616-1620. Doug chiming in saying, well, agreeing with us, they better start figuring out another Brewer killer, O'Neill Cruz, or they're going to lose this series. This guy has superstar written all over him. I absolutely agree, Doug. And it stinks now that the left side of the, of the Pirates infield is locked up with O'Neill Cruz at short and Key Brian Hayes at third. And mention, the Brewers have really done a good job of containing Key Brian Hayes this season. We'll talk more about that on the other side of this break. We still got highlights and Craig Council to come a little bit later. We continue our conversation with Vinny Rotino on Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. Bouncer right back to Alexander. Goes to home for one. Now to first in time. It is a 1-2-3 double play. And the Brewers out of trouble. 
That was a big moment in the third inning. Only one run scored in that third with the Brewers trailing against the Pirates. They end up falling tonight 4-2. to two. This is Brewers Extra Innings. I'm Dominic Catronio. Vinny Rettino is still on the line with us, former Brewer and current Valley Sports Wisconsin analyst. And Vinny, let's talk about Jason Alexander. Let's get some positive vibes going again here. Jason Alexander, in a spot start, hasn't started in almost a month. And he pitched great back in the big leagues, a career high in strikeouts. What do you think was most effective for him tonight? Yeah, I mean, it was the uh, just it, his bread and butter is still going to be that sinker no matter what. He threw 29 of them, um, but he also had uh, four extra inches of drop on that changeup, which was impressive. So, um, digging in on that currently with some of the some of the contacts that I have as to if he did anything consciously to to try and get more drop on that changeup. But that is a big pitch for him if he can get something that has even a little bit more drop than that. Uh, that that sinker sinker that he throws it's going to be very effective especially against left-handed hitters but you know I've always liked Jason Alexander the way that he 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 pounds the zone he's not afraid this guy is a rookie at 29 years old so he's just going to continue to go out and compete himself and 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 do a nice job and, and get ground balls he's got five ground ball outs he just pitches game I'd be curious to see how the Brewers play it given uh, you would figure the fifth day would be Sunday against Arizona would be the next natural spot for for Alexander. Or do you save him a sinker baller, a guy with a changeup, doesn't rely on spin for Colorado? Because it's kind of like a, uh, uh, man, no, you go, you go ahead. Yeah, yeah, you can take my spot And when you're pitching in Colorado. Do you think the Brewers could entertain something like that? You know, they they love to get creative with ideas like this, Tom. I'm sure they thought of something like this. Um, but at the same time, there is an element of let let's not get too cute with what's you know with what's working with our starting pitching rotation. But at the same time, you know, we talked about it last night that that uh, you know Corbin Burns with two outings, poor outings in a row, hasn't pitched well, but. Uh, so that wouldn't be getting too cute. You would want to maybe give him an extra day of rest, but he's a guy that's definitely going to want to avoid Colorado just the way that his career has gone in that city and pitching in that stadium. But, um, I, yeah, I think they'll, they'll probably have thought of – they probably have thought of that already. Um, but I, I think you definitely need to try and get creative here just to – just in every single game from here on out, you need to put yourself the best chance to win every one of them. Can you take me into the body of a catcher in August at this time of year, almost <laughs> September, right? Question about Narvaez being a disappointment and Caratini being in a slump. Well, there is something to do with that being a big league catcher at the end of the season, and both of those catchers having to have weeks-long stretches of playing the lion's share of innings. What is a catcher? What is Omar Narvaez and Victor Caratini feeling like when they wake up in the morning and then come into the yard? You totally, you totally feel drained at this point in the season, both mentally and physically. And remember, both these guys are large human beings, right? I mean, they have a lot of bulk to their bodies, and that takes a toll on your legs, you know. And it's not the getting up and down as, as so much as just sitting in that squat. There's a lot of weight that gets put on your legs, it gets put on your ankles, your hips. It, it, you just take a beating. And I know a lot of guys are going to that uh, catching down on one knee, but then let's not forget about the mental. Um, toll that you you're taking and especially now right because you have to know so many things about so many hitters and scouting reports for a certain hitter and, and a certain pitcher um and, and there's a lot of study that goes into this and and both 
the Brewers catchers are not guys to take that lightly. They really uh, pride themselves on understanding how to get hitters out and, and what, you know, the Brewers pitching staff, what their strengths are against certain hitters. So it, it's both a mental and physical drain on your on you. Brewers fall 4-2 to two tonight. The Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line is 855-616-1620. He's Vinny Rutino. I'm Dominic Catronio. We do have a caller on the Acunet Mortgage Talk and Text Line. Blake in Madison wants to chime in on Brewers Extra Innings. How are you, Blake? Good. I'm doing good. Just coming back from the game. Uh, I kind of want to push back on two points that Vinny's made in the last few minutes. Uh, first, kind of just talking about the game itself, that there wasn't really anything standout that you could blame for the loss. You know, I do agree with you on that point, but like, kind of like you guys were saying earlier, just this time in the season, late August, coming up on September, <laughs> just stuff like that's kind of inexcusable when you're trying to make a push for October, whether you're trying to gain on the cards for the division or if you're even just going for the wild card, which you know, it kind of seems like we're settling for at this point. Uh, and then the other point that I think you made, Vinny, was uh, just talking about kind of getting on a roll. This team's just kind of been falling flat in that regard, at least since the early part of the season, if not since the All-Star break. Yeah, I, I don't know where it really comes from, but I'm just kind of questioning Craig Council's decision uh, later towards the end of the night to pull Garrett Mitchell from the game in favor of uh, Tyrone Taylor. It's just, you know, I was coming back from the game in a shuttle with a bunch of people about 15-20, and everyone in there, even the driver, was like, what the heck's going on with a substitution like that? You call it the star rookie who's just been a stud in the last two games, uh, you know, with the first hit on uh, Sunday and last night's home run to tie it all up. It's just you know, decisions like that, that's going to cost you. And coming in the end of the stretch of the season, yeah, this is where it's really going to bite you in the butt. Yeah, I, I appreciate the context there, Blake, and the call-in. But for the pinch hit stuff, as we've seen for a long time with Craig Council, he likes getting the platoon advantage. He likes getting the right-hander in the box against the left-hander on the mound with Manny Benuelos was pitching at that point. And Mitchell was human tonight. He was 0 for 2 with two strikeouts before that pinch hit. So, it's, you know, darn if you do, darn if you don't. Let's, you know, obviously a lot of folks say, oh, let's give the kid a chance. We've seen enough of the guys like Tyrone Taylor and Luis Arias, but this is Craig Council's formula. This is what he does, and he tries to put what the Brewers feel and what he feels gives themselves the best opportunities to win. And, I mean, Luis Arias got a base hit in a pinch hit fashion there to lead off that seventh inning, and he doesn't get any praise for that. But then Garrett Mitchell obviously getting pulled is maybe frustrating to some fans, but I understand the left-on-left fear, at least at this point. Still a rookie, still a big spot. He's going to get plenty of reps against lefties eventually, but maybe just not there. What do you think, Finney? Yeah, I mean, so first of all, Blake, how dare you push back? I mean, I'm kidding. I I totally love, I thought that was an insightful call right there. I thought, you know, I kind of agree with the, you know, taking Garrett Mitchell out, but for me, it was more because of the defense, right? You're playing in such a close game. You do want your best defense out there in center field. So that's where I, I would have considered leaving him in the game, even though, so what Council was thinking, you look at the numbers here, Manny Benuelos against left, against left-handed batters, they're hitting 200 off them with a 200 slugging percentage, right? And that's in 46 plate appearances. So, I mean, he's just totally dominating left-handed hitters all year long um, and some pretty good ones, right, um, in the NL Central. So, um, you know, all over the league, right? So I think that's probably what that was considered in the decision. Um, But, yeah, I mean, I agree also with Blake that, like, Look, I, I don't think they did anything wrong, but you just can't you can't lose tonight. I mean, you cannot give this one back, and they did. Um, but I, I do think that was an interesting point about Garrett Mitchell. He's definitely looking at the splits, though, with Manny Benuelos dominating lefties. 
Yeah, coming into tonight, just to give the numbers, lefties are just 7 for 38 against Benuelos. Zero extra base hits. That's a 184 batting average. So that's what the Brewers saw, and they said, you know what? The best opportunity was to bring in Tyrone Taylor there. Obviously, he grounds into the 6-4-3 double play. He worked a seven-pitch at-bat, but the double play is the last thing the Brewers wanted in that regard, just like it was the last thing they wanted in the ninth inning. All right, Vinny, we'll let you go on this one. The Brewers win the series tomorrow if blank, fill in the blank. Uh, if they score 14 runs. So, <laughs> no, I, mean, no I, I think, look, I think if they score, you know, the, the four-run number isn't really a thing anymore for the Brewers. You know, if they score four, they win, just typically because, you know, I, I don't think their starting pitching in general has been as dominant, and their bullpen has, has showed some cracks as well. But I do think with Freddie on the mound, um, and then I think Devin will come back tomorrow, and then um, Rodgers will, will be available as well. So I think if you Score four, you got Freddie, uh, you should win the game. All right, Vinny Rotino joining us here on the show. We'll be with you until 11.30 tonight here on Brewers Extra Innings. Bob, I see your text. I'm getting to you in just a second, I promise. A little bit later, we got Crick Council, and also we have highlights coming from this contest. Our thanks to Vinny Rotino once again. The Acunet Mortgage Talking Text Line is 855-616-1620. If you want to participate here on the show, we got more to come on Brewers Extra Innings on WTMJ. And the pitch. Bouncer hit towards right. They'll go to second for one. Relay in time for the double play. And the Pirates turn it. Yeah, tough way to finish that one in the uh, double plays. Continue to bite the Brewers. They fall 4-2 to two tonight. I'm Dominic Catronio. This is Brewers Extra Innings. A few texts to get to on the Accident Mortgage Talk and Text Line. That's 855 616 one six twenty. Bob's asking, are there any changes to come with middle relief or the closer? Do they have any other arms available? Could any of the starters go to middle relief or vice versa? It's a good question, Bob. And I think right now with the Brewers, what they're dealing with is a bunch of arms that are, you know, for lack of a better term, hanging right now. It's that time of year. Brad Boxberger's been struggling. Hoping Milner rebounded today, but he had been struggling here in August as well. Uh, Devin Williams has not been as automatic as he was all season. It's just that time of year. It's hard to find a fresh arm right now for the Brew Crew. And they keep trying to develop Peter Strzelecki into these high-leverage, keep-the-game-tight situations. They view him as somebody that could be a candidate to make this opening day roster next year, coming out of spring training, depending on the health and decisions to be made with Justin Topa and Jake Cousins. And remember, those two guys are in AAA right now. And perhaps relief will arrive when the roster expands to 28, uh, you get one more pitcher in that regard. Uh, you can have a maximum of 14 pitchers. And another way, as far as a starter going to the bullpen, I wouldn't be surprised that on the heels of Aaron Ashby's latest injury, if they move him back to that swingman role coming out of the bullpen, as opposed to him being a starter trying to keep his arm in innings down, and maybe that's where he finds the most of his value if Jason Alexander is going to continue to stick around. Maybe then you put Adrian Hauser back into the rotation or whatever you may figure out for this final month. But I wouldn't be surprised if Aaron Ashby comes back into the bullpen to try to bolster that unit. He's another guy that can give you multiple innings because the starters haven't been really going longer than six these days. Everybody is hanging right now, and it's tough to find somebody you can trust for the Brew Crew. So they they fall tonight 4-2 on the heels of the bullpen blowing this one from a great start from Jason Alexander. Good question, Bob. I, I wonder what that's going to change in this next week or so. 
Another question from Mike in Illinois. Why didn't Council send Keston in the ninth to stay out of the double play? This team's not going anywhere, simply missing that hot guy on the team. Yelich teased us in Chicago. Well, I think you don't send Keston there because he's the tying run. You know, heaven forbid he gets thrown out in that situation. And now you're like, why'd you send him? You know, you can't send the tying run. You don't put that at risk. All you're asking for there is to get a base hit and keep the inning alive from Luis Urias, as opposed to, of course, hitting into ground ball double play to end the game. There's too much at stake with him being the tying run for him to be sent in that situation. I know you're thinking, oh, we'll just stay out of the double play. Well, don't hit into a double play is the big thing, too. I was uh, kind of surprised at Urias' take on 3-1, thinking that was ball four. It really looked like a good pitch from Chase DeYoung, but nonetheless, he ends up grounding out, trying to go the other way, putting the ball in play. You can't fault him for that, but... You know, the, the Pirates turn two, and that's the way it is. The Brewers fall in this one. I wouldn't have sent here or there personally. I think it's a too risky uh, for the, the you know, for the benefit does not outweigh the risk in that regard as the tying runner. Plus, he's not the fastest guy. If it was Jonathan Davis or Garrett Mitchell or Tyrone Taylor or Christian Yelich, yeah, you absolutely consider it, but it's not an automatic slam dunk to avoid the double play. But a good question. Appreciate it, Mike. Yeah, missing that hot guy on the team, I mean, it was Yelich's past weekend against the Cubs. Yes, he went 0 for 4 tonight. Almost went 0 for 4 tonight, too. No one says anything when he goes 0 for 4. Those two guys are the Brewers' heartbeat. When they're going well, the Brewers are going well. The Brewers are a ridiculous record when Yelich uh, has at least two hits in the game, which sounds easy enough, right? But he, when he has two hits, the Brewers are very successful. He did not get a hit tonight. He didn't even reach base tonight, actually. No walks or anything for him as well. A couple other texts here, 855 855- Six one six one six twenty. It's a novel idea, but what the heck is up with the walks? It's every pitcher doing it too much. It drives me nuts. It killed us all last year. That comes from Steve in Milwaukee. Look, they're human, man. I don't know what to tell you aside from the walks. Yes, maybe they're trying to make pitches too perfect, but at the same time, they're human. Teams know scouting reports. Teams are patient. O'Neill Cruz, we've seen him get more and more patient, understanding how teams are attacking him. But Brad Boxberger, those three walks in the eighth inning changed the entire complexion of the game, and that was the reason, uh, in my opinion, for the loss when Brad Boxberger allowed that bases-loaded walk. And really the walk to gamble is the one that, that was the backbreaker with a 2-2 two and two count and then to have a foul ball and then back-to-back balls to, to lose them on seven pitches to load the bases and then the bases-loaded walk with two outs is just just can't happen in the big leagues. Let's hear from the manager, though, Craig Council, on his brief thoughts on this contest. You know, he got his 15 outs, and, um, you know, that was – and he did it he did really efficiently. It was probably more outs than we expected, actually. But he, he um, you know, he had very quick innings. And um, so, yeah, we got exactly what we wanted. What do you think was the difference for him tonight? Yeah, I mean, I, I just thought he was really crisp. I mean, I, he he had uh, the the off the sinkers, you know, a stable pitch for him. Um, and I thought the up, but I thought the off speed pitch was both off speed pitches were were on point tonight and, and really effective. More strikeouts for him tonight too. I mean, is that encouraging to see that? Yeah, I think that's a reflection of the off speed pitches um, being good. You've got all these games right now, but do you anticipate like some moving back and forth? You have Adrian Hauser too. Um, I mean, I, I expect Jason to start the next time around. Um, and and uh, we got a doubleheader uh, 
week from Thursday, so we'll have we'll have to bring somebody else. Somebody else will be involved in that. Um, but uh, yeah, Jason will Jason will go next time. Their guy had a career high ten strikeouts tonight. Was he better than was he better than you had seen him previously, or like what what was the difference with him tonight? Um, well, he's, he's a young pitcher with a really good arm. I mean, I think we we saw that. Um, and uh, you know, he, he was he was kind of locked in. I thought he was, he was very locked in with his breaking ball tonight. Um, and then the fastballs, you know, that's as big a velocity as we see from a starter. Um, so he he just got he got on a roll, and and we were able to kind of on weren't able to upset that at all, upset that rhythm that he got into. Great. They were able to score against a couple of your relievers, but for the Fox program in particular, what, not not just tonight, but, but this second half, say, or the last couple of weeks, what, what are you seeing from him in terms of the consistency outing to outing? Well, prior to Sunday, he hadn't been scored upon in like nine outings. So, Do you think that it, it's as sharp as it was, though? Is it? I mean, I, I don't think he likes. I don't, you know, none of us like the walks tonight for sure. Um, but uh, we we relied on box, and we're going to have to continue to rely on him, and, and no problem with relying on him. That was obviously a little bit out of character for him. Before, you know, four pitch walk there to drop, force the run in. What what do you think happened there? Just kind of yeah, lost, I mean, lost it pretty much. And, yeah, uncharacteristic. I think that's yeah. right. The uncharacteristic is certainly the word to follow Brad Boxberger in this second half of how great he was last season. He ran out of gas in September as well, but then he looked like he was back on track uh, at the start of July and then started to slowly falter and then was really leaking oil at the start of this month. Craig Council gave him a week off, was bouncing back, as you heard him mention there, but ultimately tonight he snapped back in three walks. The difference of the game, Brewers fall 4-2, to two in this one we'll get to the highlights in just a little bit We've got more texts rolling in as well more brewers extra innings coming up after the news on wtmj 2-2 high fly ball right field going back is Sawinski at the track at the wall it is gone brewers lead it two to one on a two-run blast from colton wong that was a roof scraper from colton Brewers, though, is their only offense tonight as the flaw of their homer or bust offense continues to show itself in the second half. I'm Dominic Catronio. This is Brewers Extra Innings. A few more texts rolling in, too. You can tweet me as well, always, at Dom underscore Catronio. The home run ball continues to be everything for the Brewers. They go one for six tonight with runners in scoring position. The only two runs scoring on the Wong two-run shot. They have the second-highest rate of runs scored via home run in baseball, only trailing the Yankees. And they got a guy who's got 50-plus homers, Aaron Judge, and Anthony Rizzo's got over 30, thanks to the short porch in right field. So when I look at what the Brewers need to do, it's like yesterday, the sustainable offense, but what pro- the problem that happens is it disappears. You have it for one good inning, and then it disappears. Everyone's back to the home run swings. The opposite field hits, the singles up the middle, the not trying to do too much, just hit the ball hard and see what happens as opposed to got to launch it. And that's just very eye, you know, eye in the sky kind of, hey, that's what I see. It's just one of those things that the Brewers, they know what they are. 
They're a team that is probably hitting a lot more home runs than they expected to. And to be fair, you, you look at some of the advanced stuff, the Brewers are an above-average offense compared to the rest of the league. If you want to just go with the old-school batting average and strikeouts, yeah, you can always find and poke holes in that argument. But the stuff that the Brewers are actually paying attention to and other teams are paying attention to and front offices are paying attention to, the Brewers are an above-average offense. And yet, as Vinny talked about with us here a little bit ago, they continue to play down to their competition. It's so odd to see how much they've struggled against the Pirates and the Brewers. The Brewers have claimed the season series against Pittsburgh, but it's only going to be by one or two. They are 10-8 and eight this year against the Pirates, and here's a crazy stat. So they've lost six of the last seven games head-to-head against Pittsburgh. That goes back to the start of August and uh, early July. Six of the last seven games they've lost to Pittsburgh, yesterday breaking the streak. In those six losses, the Brewers have had the lead in the sixth inning in all six of the losses. It's all in the bullpen. It's going to be tough sledding for the final 34 games, given what the bullpen availability and the trust levels are at right now. You hope that adding one more guy will help things out. Another thing that might be lost right now is the Brewers are really missing Trevor Gott. And the Brewers were hoping to maybe have Jake Cousins back at some point this year. It doesn't sound like he's going to get called up at any point. He was activated off the injured list and then optioned to AAA. And Trevor Rosenthal, who they traded for at the deadline, he's now dealing with a lat issue, and it's very unlikely that he's even going to throw a pitch for the Brewers. So he's on his third team that he's not even going to throw a pitch for between the A's, the Giants, and the Brewers before he becomes a free agent yet again, and the Brewers have to decide what they want to do in that regard. A texter coming in, echoing the comments that we said about the Pirates. Second worst record in all of majors are the Pittsburgh Pirates. Lastly, the pitching staff has carried this team over the last half of the season, but since this team wasn't constructed to be able to produce at the plate consistently, there's not much hope. Now that especially we have dead arms, it doesn't look good. That's a texter uh, unnamed on the text line. But, you know, I, I still think there's a little bit of hope, as I said at the top of this show. I'm a glass-half-full type guy. There's no reason to kind of overreact to one loss. And you can react to a loss. You can be frustrated about this one, absolutely. But you win the series tomorrow. That's all that matters. You win the series. Winning series moves on. It would have been great to get a split. But as we talked about earlier, I think this Diamondback series is going to be a little harder than we gave it credit for initially at the start of this stretch. And looking at the out-of-town scoreboard right now, the Cardinals already lost today, and the Phillies are getting stomped by the Diamondbacks 9 to nothing. But... The Padres have now opened up a 3-0 lead on the Giants. So that's not good news. The Brewers are likely to fall two and a half games back, essentially three games back of San Diego by the end of the day because of the lack of a tiebreaker. Keep in mind, though, about San Diego. They still have nine more games head-to-head with the Dodgers. Nine. The Brewers only have four head-to-head with the Cardinals, but they have another six against the New York teams, the Mets, and the Yankees coming here to American Family Field. Those are the only games remaining, those 10 games of the final 34, against a team above 500. But we just talked about how the fact that this Diamondback series is nothing to slouch at. And I'm worried personally about the last week, the last homestand of the year with the uh, Cardinals, Marlins, and Diamondbacks. You're going to see Sandy Alcantara probably in that series when the Marlins come here. I don't want to face Sandy Alcantara with the division or wild card on the line, that is going to be 
uh, a really tall order for a guy that's getting ready to lock up the Cy Young Award in the National League. Yes, I'm giving it to him right now. Sandy Alcantara is the National League Cy Young, just like Paul Goldschmidt's the National League MVP. And they likely have the number two in the MVP in Nolan Arenado, like we talked about yesterday. Cardinals are going to be tough to catch. I think all eyes are on the wild card right now, personally. It's going to be something has to flip. Whether someone gets really hot or the entire offense finds a way to collectively lift each other up. Maybe it's not just one guy, but three guys starting to go with like a, a 260, a 280 stretch. You're not asking for somebody to suddenly hit 400 in September. You're just asking for more guys to contribute more than normal. The bottom half of the order continues to struggle. We talked about the catchers being out of gas. You can't expect much offense out of them right now. But getting Jace Peterson back, maybe the spark of Garrett Mitchell, maybe another September call-up, Mike Brasso being on the injured list might make things interesting too. There's still just a little bit of sand in that hourglass to figure things out. Just a little bit of sand. Not much. But crazier things have happened. We're going to relive the highlights up next. We're with you for another 15 or so minutes here, heading to the bottom of the hour. Brewers Extra Innings rolling on on WTMJ. Ready for this? Get up! This? Get up! And this? Time for tonight's highlights. Here's Dominic Catronio. Well, the Brewers fell 4-2. That doesn't nearly tell you the whole story of this game. It was a very well-pitched contest by both starters. Both of them, in fact, set career highs in strikeouts. Jason Alexander going five frames, only allowing one run and six strikeouts. He even got ten swings and misses tonight. That was also a career high for him. Mitch Keller, young right-hander, six strong frames with 10 strikeouts, throwing over 100 pitches for the first time this season, too. But there was some offense early. We go to the third inning. With one out, the Pirates formed a rally thanks to a walk and a hit batter from Alexander. And that man again, O'Neal Cruz, who has been tormenting the Brewers all season, was in the box. Alexander's 1-1 to Cruz. Line drive into right field. That's going to get down for a base hit. Rounding third. Headed for home is Marcano. Renfro's throw is going to go to second. And scrambling back to the bag in time is delay. Pirates take a 1-0 lead on the RBI single from O'Neal Cruz. Blaine Grind on the call there. However, Alexander would get out of the jam after another single by Reynolds. With the bases loaded and one out, he got Hayes to ground into a 1-2-3 double play. The Brewers' offense wouldn't respond until their fourth inning. Their first hit of the game came to lead off that frame. Hunter Renfro with a clean single into left field. And then Colton Wong, who's been riding a hot streak as of late, was at the plate. 2-2, high fly ball, right field. Going back is Sawinski. At the track, at the wall, it is gone! Brewers lead it 2-1 on a two-run blast from Colton Wong. The Brewers ring the bell with another homer from Colton Wong. Don't forget, you don't have to wait until Christmas time to ring the bell and put money in the Salvation Army Red Kettle. Donate now at samilwaukee.com. Brewers take the lead. They flip the scoreboard on Mitch Keller, but he would settle down from there. In fact, he retired the final eight batters he faced in this contest. Great work from the right-hander with ten strikeouts. Alexander was lifted after five. Kobe Milner with a scoreless sixth inning. Then the bullpen started to go to their A side of it. Bush, Rogers, and potentially Williams was looking like the script for the Brewers. But then in the seventh inning, with two outs and a one-and-one count on Michael Chavis, Matt Bush 
gave up something a little more uh, too frequent as of late. 1-1 pitch. High fly ball deep left. McCutcheon going back to the warning track, looking up, and that ball is way out of here for Chavis. And this game is tied at two. Second time in the last three games that Matt Bush has allowed a home run, the other one to Ian Happ on Friday night. Also, for Bush, it's his third blown save as a reliever. All of them have come on game-tying solo home runs. Now we move to the eighth inning. Brad Boxberger on the mound. He gets the first batter delayed to fly out, but then a one-out walk to O'Neill Cruz. A single followed that by Brian Reynolds. The, the Pirates had runners on first and second. He gets Hayes to pop out again, but after seven pitches, he walks Ben Gamble. The bases are loaded with two outs, an opportunity to get out of the frame, but instead, Rodolfo Castro draws a bases-loaded walk on four pitches to give the Pirates the lead. We go to the ninth. Peter Strzelecki, his task was to make sure the Brewers were only trailing by one, heading to the bottom of the ninth inning. But O'Neill Cruz came to the plate, and by now, you probably know the rest. The pitch, hit in the air to left center, it's in the gap, it's going to get another run in, and O'Neill Cruz in the second base with a huge two-out run scoring double. Bob Uecker on the call, the Hall of Famer, 4-2 now in the ninth inning. But the Brewers showed some life against Chase DeYoung. DeYoung looking for his first big league save. A leadoff double by Wong, a single by Hira, but runners on the corners. McCutcheon would pop out, and Urias, who came in off the bench earlier in the game, had an opportunity to do something. And the pitch. Bouncer hit towards right. They'll go to second for one. Relay is in time for the double play. And the Pirates turn it. And that is how it ended. The Brewers fall to 68 and 60. The Pirates improve to 49 and 80. Tough one for the Brew Crew tonight. We'll wrap things up after this on WTMJ, home of the Brewers. All right. Brewers fall 4 to 2, but they still have an opportunity to win the series tomorrow. Freddie Peralta will get the ball for the Brew Crew. The right-hander is going up against the undefeated TBA. Yep, the Pirates do not have a listed starter yet for tomorrow. But Freddie this season, a 4-3 record, a 3.69 ERA for the final day of August. And August has treated him really well since coming off the injured list. Uh, Freddie, since returning, he is 1-1 and with a 2.55 ERA in five starts, 20 strikeouts in 24 and two-thirds innings. Not as many Ks, but... Uh, Only 12 hits allowed. That's a 143 batting average against. And he's rolling in with six consecutive no-hit innings from his last start carrying over against the Cubs. I mean, over his last two starts against Chicago, 12 innings, four hits allowed, two runs, both earned, four walks, but 10 strikeouts. So hopefully he keeps a good mojo going against the Pirates. He made his return from the injured list in Pittsburgh working into the fourth inning on a pitch count. You would have to imagine that pitch count is out the window tonight. Earlier this year, he had six shutout innings against the Pirates back on April 28th. That was in Pittsburgh, so the first time he'll see the Buckos here at American Family Field. The Brewers, quite frankly, as you heard us talk about, they need it. It's a must-win game as much as must-win games can really go. The Brewers can't afford to continue to drop to teams that they know they're better than and teams that are in the bottom half of the standings 
uh, especially here in the Central. It's their last game head-to-head with the Pirates this year. Then they go on their last multi-city road trip of the season. They'll go to Arizona for four, and they'll go to three for Colorado. In fact, we'll be doing the show live, Brewers Extra Innings, from uh, Chase Field. So the next time you hear Brewers Extra Innings won't be until Thursday. No show tomorrow with it being a day game. Coverage begins at 1235 with the On Deck show. And then uh, we'll have Brewers Extra Innings next for you on Thursday. And I'll be live at Chase Field in the Valley of the Sun, sweating it out for you in 105 degree heat fun one despite the loss the brewers they got to get us they got to get a win tomorrow got to get the series win tomorrow then we'll pick up the pieces and chat to you again on thursday again my name is dominic catronio thank you so much for tuning in or for our man on the ones and twos back in our studio tommy Wirtz. thank you to Vinny retino as well and thank you for you the listener for hopping on brewers fall four to two back tomorrow coverage begins at 12 35 against the pirates until next time Keep on swinging.